Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to the Extra Inch. My name is Windy, and I'm joined by two special guests on this bonus episode. I'm with Ben and Sim from We Are Tottenham TV. Welcome, both. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, pleasure. Our yeah, pleasure. Really good to have to come on. So I better get you to say to, to so people know who's who because this is audio only. And <laughs> people who haven't watched your channel. So yeah. um, if I start off by asking Ben a question, yeah, Ben, how would you describe your your channel to people who haven't seen it before? Well, I think it's a channel for well, run by passionate Spurs fans, Spurs fans that were like going week in, week out for our whole lives. Pretty much we cover everything and anything to do with Tottenham daily uploads. Literally, we upload two, three to four times a day. And basically our mission is to kind of give Spurs fans a voice. And, you know, definitely in these day and age, we really need it definitely with the way the club's run and everything so i think that the main aim of like this channel was to give spurs fans a kind of voice and a platform to voice their opinions i'm really keen to talk about um your thoughts on on enoch out at some point mm. in this conversation um sim your channel's sort of um you've progressed a lot really i mean you, you've come a long way let's put it that way you've yeah. worked really hard the pair of you and you you've really changed uh, the way you work and the style of videos you're putting out they're very sort of well they're very polished now if I may say um, obviously clearly well researched the sound quality is excellent there's nice visuals you know you when one of you speaking the camera zooms in and it looks really professional talk us through the sort of um, genesis of, of the videos where it started and what it's like now yeah so kind of uh, when we started the channel it was kind of we were kind of just doing match day vlogs really me uh, my brother Ben and, uh, and my grandpa going to the game and we used you just have the camera and like um, we just basically record our day out how the day goes and everything and um as we've kind of been we we tested different things like you know top five fa cup goals and all these things and we kind of just throwing things at the wall because in because we're such passionate spurs fans we kind of wanted something to channel our passion into because obviously we love going week and week out and everything but we just find we 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 kind of wanted an avenue to get our opinions out there just uh, just uh i don't know just for a bit of it was a laugh and a joke and then 
it's just kind of making content in our bedrooms basically in our in our house in our living room and and then we kind of got involved with a friend of my dad's who runs a multi-channel network and he basically um offered to help us like progress the channel quite a bit um so we got involved with him and he has a studio and so we started using the studio on a much regular basis and obviously during lockdown um we were making content at home but ever since um kind of the beginning of second lockdown we've been in the studio uh pretty much every single day and we've kind of just made it um our um not i wouldn't say a habit we've kind of made an aim to kind of use the studio as much as possible to make everything look as professional as possible and as soon as we started making things more professional and started making things look a lot sleeker and um, we saw the growth absolutely um massively over the last year or so is it was really really grown a lot and um we've been doing this channel for four years now and it's and it's really i'd say only in the last year we've seen a massive growth when we've got our production guy frank in in the background he's the one who's helped us a lot he's not even a football fan he doesn't know anything about football but he knows how to make <laughs> things look nice and that's what that's pretty much what his job is and um yeah i mean us personally we we uh, as in uh, my brother ben he has like skills in editing and stuff and he can do some basic editing but in terms of like all the production value we have that's all to do with uh, a production guy we have in the back end basically so he knows where to put the cameras he's got the cameras ready he knows he pretty much set up this whole studio in he the built background this he, from goes, scratch. he built this whole built studio this scratch. obviously you can't see it it's on the only audio but we are <laughs> we're currently in the studio as we're speaking but yeah um he built this whole studio that we're in from scratch so it's it's been a big journey. I've, I watch our videos back from early days and I, <laughs> I cringe a bit when I see us sometimes yeah, in the videos, but it's nice, I it's guess. because at the beginning, we were basically, we'd never been in front of the camera before. We've never held a camera before. Um, like, like my brother said, I could edit to a very, very basic level. Uh, my brother had never seen a Premiere or Final Cut Pro or anything like that before. I mean, we had no clue what, what we were getting into. And we kept, went, came into it kind of naive as well because we thought, yeah, we'll start off a YouTube channel. We'll upload a couple of videos and see where it goes. But it was mainly a hobby. We didn't, we didn't look at it as anything else. And to see where we have come from from then, when I look at my videos, it seems like just too nervous teenagers looking at each other and and talking to each other instead of talking to camera but now it's like a whole big production and i'm i'm really proud of what we've achieved in in these four years you should be seriously proud it's it's very impressive and you know i mentioned that you graphed you really i mean the pair of you seriously put the hours in it's uh you're prolific on on youtube <laughs> and it's not like you're just putting out nonsense content it's all it's all relevant it's all um you know so for example today it's it's wednesday wednesday 26th of may you've put out three videos in the last 24 hours since the season's closed you've done you've done player ratings and, and two other videos it's it's really good stuff and so you know there is this huge demand for for football content and you know club content and you're getting serious numbers on your on your videos now it's it's really super impressive and, and like i say you should be massively proud um ben i'm interested did you have any ambitions to do this professionally or did you just literally fall into it because it was a hobby that became possible yeah i mean we didn't have any ambitions to take it professionally at all um, at the beginning i mean when when i first started out i was running a social media my own social media business so i was helping different businesses kind of uh, reap the social the benefits of social media and what have you um and yeah basically we didn't have any ambitions to take it professionally it was literally just a hobby uh, we were going to the games anyway so 
we thought why not just let like put it on video and and document our day on video and then kind of one thing led to another and basically we started doing more and more increased videos as the years went by and then you can see where we are now we're literally making three to four videos a day we've got a team working with us every day i mean it's actually mind-blowing just talking to you about it to be honest and sim i uh, this is this is a bit of a tricky one because i'm, I'm going to mention arsenal fan tv <laughs> oh, and, yeah. you know i, I don't want to <laughs> compare you to arsenal fan tv because clearly there is no comparison i mean you're doing you're, you're it's i think it's genuinely genuinely worth stating that you're doing very different things to to arsenal mm, fan tv but knowing how spurs fans feel about arsenal fan tv and therefore the sort of the, the negative uh, view that fans might have of youtubers generally how has your channel been received um I would say at the start, obviously we had there. There's obviously going to be people who immediately see the words Tottenham and TV together and completely just their mind goes in a rage and they start getting angry and they start like messaging you like horrible things. But like I think in the start, in like the four years, there's obviously been backlash. There's always going to be backlash. There's, you can't please everyone. I think we were a bit aware. I think at the start, especially uh, Ben was uh, was definitely uh, acutely aware of what the potential reaction could be if we did start a fan channel. But we both definitely. I made it um um we were def it was definitely at the forefront of our minds that we didn't want to we wanted to do things in our kind of own style in our way we didn't want to be like Arsenal fan tv we wanted to create our own stamp on the football fan channel community in that way so we weren't looking to copy anyone's model we weren't we were looking to grow in our own in our own in our own way and obviously when things are negative and and you know players are playing rubbish that obviously needs to be called out but we're not basically just going on on the we weren't our plan was never to just go on the camera and start running all the time and everything like that we we were i think in general we're much more um well, we tried to be maybe in obvious season we were much more like positive fans we tried to look on the brighter side of things and we you know we did start the channel at a very bright moment for tottenham we was our first video was um near the end of the season of the last season of white Hart lane so we chose that we didn't choose a bad moment to start we chose a positive moment because that's uh that's kind of how we were feeling at, at the time um I f look I don't know if you remember though. I don't know if you remember though, but right at the beginning, we looked at AFTV and we were like, "This is the model that we don't want to replicate." Pretty basically. much, yeah. That, that's that's what our business model was at the beginning. Basically, do not replicate AFTV because when you think about it, at that time there was still a lot. Football YouTube was still was big and it was growing and it was mm. kind of blowing out at that time. But there was a lot of channels that didn't follow the model of AFTV like Red Men TV like the United Stand like a few other channels of Stratford that ilk Paddock and all them. Yeah, Stratford like, yeah. Paddock you know that, that did things in the right way in the right way that should be done unlike AFTV let's say and those were the kind of models that we thought we'd to aspire to yeah and to, if we have had um, people come up to us and and be and be horrible and like say things in our face and like, even like you know I've had my been with my grandpa at games and people of uh, some some like, very minor big uh, small minority of people have said horrible things but in general I must say in the four years we've been doing this channel in in general it's been very very positive extremely positive like uh, we've got a lot of good feedback and um, I think the, uh, the community we've built a really nice community especially on YouTube with people who. Are, who uh, who really uh, love the channel and we you know 
I would say like 95, probably even more of the messages we receive and the feedback we get is extremely positive from, from people. So I, I think there was maybe a bit more backlash at the beginning, especially as one video we put out very early on. I think when we lost to West Ham um, again in the Olympic Stadium and we kind of uh, lost the league that game, we put out a video uh, and that was really poorly received and we received a lot of backlash. Well, you know, when you're doing things early on, you learn from your mistakes and you, mm. and you, and you, you learn from how what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and I think we did learn from that and I think um, in general since then it's been pretty positive I would say yeah I'm really glad to hear that and you know <clears throat> frankly anyone confronting you and, and and being rude to you is just completely that's reprehensible behavior it's, it's unacceptable behavior and uh, and you certainly don't deserve that um, I'm interested in in the fan cam element so mm. this is this is a vaguely I would say controversial um, element of, of fandom it's mm -hmm. it's obviously like it's a young person's thing uh, and and older people wouldn't necessarily understand it because perhaps they don't watch YouTube in the same way it's you know I'm generalizing here yeah. um, do, do you get much do you get much uh, pushback from recording yourself at, at matches? Yeah, I mean, probably the the most pushback we've had on any of our videos is probably our match day vlogs where we're recording ourselves in the stadium. I mean, not so much on home games. I would say majority at away games. When we're going to away games and people don't want to be in the video and stuff like that, we've had a bit of aggro in the past at certain away games. But I think on a whole, like my brother said in, to the previous question, I think everything's been really positively received. It's just like a very small section in the fan base that go week in, week out that you see regularly at away games. I mean, they don't, they don't don't give you like an argument why you should stop they just tell you oh you should stop you're just trying to be like AFTV but they, they're not interested in in opening a, a normal dialogue with you they're just mm. you know just talking gibberish in your face basically but also for fan cams we were very hesitant to start doing fan yeah. cams to be honest for I yeah. think we didn't do it for like two years yeah. I think we didn't do we didn't do fan cams at all but then we realized by not doing fan cams it is just me and my brother kind of giving our opinions on on Spurs and everything and we wanted to kind of open it up to more fans to give their opinions to to share the platform with us um so oh eventually we did start doing it and to be honest we do we've done fan cams at like home games and stuff and there's never really i can't remember too many issues we've ever had I with the fan any. cams i think the only issues fans. i can remember is from vlogging i don't remember any issues well, to be honest the only cams. issues we've had are from actual from actually from spurs trying to kind of yeah. stop us recording and that was in in the stadium and but stuff then they like okayed that it in the end. but then we could because yeah my, my uh ben kind of uh knows the, st the steward quite personally some uh, like on he's seen him in very away games like for the last decade and stuff so he had a word and they okayed it with the club but other than that like in terms of fans coming up to us or anything fan cams has never really been an issue yeah. to be honest that's good to hear and and obviously throughout um lockdown you've not been able to go to games and and take your cameras with you and so you've been doing a different style of videos is mm. the plan to sort of take the camera back into the stadium once things open up again well we just renewed our season tickets so uh, <laughs> oh, i guess you. so. got it early <laughs> yeah i mean well i think the deadline is in a couple of days time i think oh, okay. uh, next, okay. next week next week so um look our plan is to go back to football because i really miss me personally i really miss like the camaraderie of going to games going you know in the middle of nowhere in Europe and just seeing the same faces and going up and down the country I absolutely love it I've been doing it since I've been I've been going like pretty much every single game since I was about 15 16 and I'm wow. I don't want to say my age now but I'm 31 <laughs> now nearly 32 <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, that's uh, an impressive uh, commitment. 
yeah. we're still we're, i mean we're still discussing but internally in terms of what we're really what um the plan is throughout the whole season because we have built this really nice online community especially with the watch alongs like we interact with the fans while watching the game and then we um kind of get fans calling in from all over the uh, the world pretty much from the u.s and for like from from so many places um after games so we don't want that to stop either so we are probably going to still carry on the watch along format we do but i think we're probably not going to be the ones either running it every single game or we might be taking it turns or something but we're definitely going to be back at football but it's just whether uh, we're still deciding how many games we go back to and how we're going to plan it all out because it's very complicated because people people kind of just love the interaction they get with us while we're watching the game which you're not going to get obviously if we're at the game um so it's a decision we have to make but we are definitely going to be returning to football that's for sure yeah, i mean ultimately i spent all my time since i was 16 building up my little points up to about 600 650 now so <laughs> yeah. there's no chance i'm giving that up <laughs> amazing amazing let's talk a little bit about um about spurs stuff i mean i'm interested mm. firstly mm. to pick up on the stuff around enoch out and the, the mm. protest yeah um i mentioned it on our podcast that i was i was impressed by you both actually doing something um i, I think lots of people talk a lot about enoch out um, which is fine, you know. We all have our opinions on on the ownership of our football club, and that's something. But uh, I think if you're if you're vociferously anti Enoch, you need to back it up with some sort of action. Yeah. And and you two did that. Tell us a little bit about where that all started, and and why you started to believe you needed to do something. Well, I think throughout the years of Enoch, me and my brother have always kind of given them the benefit of the doubt. Um, kind of all the missed signings, all the times that we haven't pushed on when we needed to push on, all the times where we get to a certain level and we kind of go three steps backwards, you know, the Stratford thing, uh, the furlough thing. And I think that when the Super League um, hit, I think that was the final straw for us. And that's when the penny really dropped in both of our minds where we were both being like, look, this is the end this is the end of the line. I mean, their position is untenable now, where they're trying to literally ruin football, rip the heart and soul out of the club. And for me and my brother, I know that 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 was definitely the final line. And I think we both put our foot down. And I think the day the Super League was announced, I actually went down to the stadium with like me and, and two other guys. And I was like, come on, I, I put a message out on Twitter, come on, everyone come and join us, but no one did. But everyone's shouting yeah Enoch out Enoch out we need to protest but ultimately only three of us ended up turning, uh, going down to the stadium but I think it was the Super League that really made us sit up and realise like oh, what's going on here yeah. because um, this is not right I think for me it's, it was yeah I've always kind of I've wasn't, I haven't always been like defending Enoch but I've always kind of seen where they're coming from I've always kind of bought their excuses like um, oh we're thinking about the long term vision of the club once we get in the stadium uh, we, we're going to have loads of money like once the fans come in and everything and uh, for every excuse they've always given for, for whatever happens in the past I've kind of sort of seen the bigger picture and think okay they are thinking of the long term future of the club maybe they're looking for sustainability and I get that but once the Super League hit and then that was then it kind of became very clear that was the actual long-term vision they were looking at that was actually what they were going for and that to me was completely unacceptable I what they that for me was they were trying to take the club uh, the club away from the fans that's how it felt if I felt betrayed uh, by them accepting uh, the Super League and a lot of people make excuses for them saying you know it's better to be in it than not to be in it and all that kind of stuff but you know what there was there were bigger clubs in Tottenham that that, that rejected the Super League so there, there there is no reason 
these I know Tottenham might feel like they were lucky to be be chosen, but I, for me, what they attempted to do was completely disgraceful and unacceptable. And that and and then it kind of made me re look at everything they've done in a different kind of light. It made me kind of recon recontextualize their their past. And maybe um, that that's wrong to do, but it kind of felt felt like for all this time they have been putting business ahead of football and and I have been kind of defending them but I can't defend them anymore for what they tried to do and if, and, and if that's where they wanted to take the club then I can't stand by it anymore and I know it's impossible to get them out and you know we're going to need someone to buy buy if we want to really get them out but at least we have to send a message that what they tried to do is completely unacceptable and what the, what was attempted can't be uh, can't be accepted so I think that's why we kind of started these we didn't we didn't organize a protest but we were definitely fully behind it i really admire your stance on this and um and where my own personal circumstance is different and i didn't <laughs> consider myself still locked down i would i'd be there with you all the way at the stadium mm. i think it's uh, it's really important to make your voice heard um you kind of touched on it a little bit there we had a question from stuart trier who said if enoch were to sell uh, who did they meaning you think would buy mm. the club and why do you think that they would do any better Look, that's the two billion pound question, quite literally two billion pound yeah. question. But look, ultimately, that's that's an impossible question to answer because you don't know who's willing to, to put in the money. You don't know who's willing to buy the club. But my stance on Enoch, I say Enoch out with a force of them to kind of reform their ways. Yeah. I, I think it's impossible for us to actually get Enoch out because of the sheer kind of money that's involved. Um, if you cast your mind back to when the Spurs fans chased out Irving Scholar, chased out uh, Sir Alan Sugar, I mean, football was in a completely different way back then. And I think it was much easier to do stuff back mm -hmm. then than it is now with the sheer kind of money that's involved in the game. So yes, the message is Enoch out, but Ultimately, I don't think we can actually achieve that. So I think it's just about putting pressure on them to reform their ways. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a very good point. I think I think you're right that uh, some pressure is needed, and I think it, it seems like they've they've bowed down to some fan pressure by mm. by saying that they're going to have a fan on the board now. So we should never forget that kind of collective protest and organisation mm. can can genuinely drive positive change, in, even in football, where it feels mm. like you're not going to get what you want because the money men do the talking and, and make the decisions. 
Uh, Brian Maholland asked about um, putting money into the club. You kind of answered that already, Ben. You've 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 renewed your season ticket, and that's presumably because of your loyalty points, and you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to go to the bottom of the queue again. But yeah. um, how do you feel about that one? Sort of in, investing in the club whilst you know that there's an ownership that you don't necessarily agree with. Look, ultimately, if yeah. you don't renew your season ticket, there's going to be someone else that's going to take that ticket off you. You know, there's a there's a seat, there's a waiting list of what fifty, sixty thousand, whatever it may be. Um, if you don't take it, someone else will. Uh, whether it be someone from America or just someone that doesn't even like football, they're going to end up taking that <laughs> ticket. They're never going to have a problem selling the tickets, Tottenham, and that's my opinion. Um, the the way I look at it is that I'm gonna I'm gonna renew my season ticket, and you know that gives me an opportunity to kind of protest and get my views heard within the stadium. And mm. I think that's that's um, that's what needs to be done um, in terms of pumping money into the club. I'm not going to be buying merchandise i'm not going to be buying off the food vendors i'm going to drink outside the game, uh, grounds and like go to the pubs and whatever i think that's where you stop giving the money to the club but when you're actually taking away the money from the season ticket they're, they're going to get that money anyway let's be honest yeah that's how i feel as well pretty pretty much yeah and like i've spent my whole life going to tottenham and i've made so many friends you know they're basically like that family to me a lot of people i know from tottenham and well, and that, all, that, that, that just gets ripped out of it you know well, to I mean? be honest though once the, when the super league that was going to happen we did very seriously yeah. like yeah, we for true. those couple of days i was very seriously considering i don't know if i want to go to yeah. this i don't know if i want to carry on going to football but once that stops um obviously the, the 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 message is still loud and clear how we felt about the board but um i think that we still we do want to be going to Tottenham and we still love the club so much we, we know when it's such a big part of you for so long it's hard just to lose that overnight yeah. and so with, in terms of yeah our season six we're still going to be like you know I go with my we go with our grandpa every week it's just like a tradition it's a thing like I don't want to lose that mm. um, but ultimately we, uh, yeah we don't want to be supporting them in terms of the extra stuff yeah yeah but we didn't we didn't pay the 60 pound to go to that aston villa game that's for sure i mean mm -hmm. what they were charging for that game is an absolute joke and it's not like in terms of the money like yeah of course it is in terms of the money but they, they can't be charging that much to go to an absolutely nothing game against Aston Villa with the season we've had and with the kind of bad will that they've got with the fans at the moment you thought that they would maybe throw us a bone like maybe just to save a bit yeah. of face even if they didn't mean it just just do something like it didn't it wouldn't even hurt their pocket that much even Ben it's like you it's like you've never met Daniel Levy before <laughs> Sim I really I really I really empathize with your feelings there about like were the Super League to happen, would you still want to go? I even, honestly, I went one step further. I was like genuinely thinking, God, am I a Spurs fan anymore? If the Super yeah. League happens, would, mm -hmm. I, would I still support Tottenham? I... You know, I quickly backtracked on that because I, you know, a few days later it was all cancelled and I was back in love with the club again because we had Ryan Mason in charge. And that just shows sort of my fickleness as a fan. But it really tugged at my heartstrings. I felt so deeply about it. I was so mm. upset and depressed about what the club was doing. Mm -hmm. This was completely the wrong thing to do for mm. the, the fabric of British football, which I've, you know, grown up in. I'm a little bit older than you, Ben. I'm, I'm 37 and I, I sort of feel like it undermined my entire football supporting life. I've, yeah. I've put so much into it and I, I felt like they were ripping it away from me and it was really yeah. upsetting. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you all the way. I'm with you all the way. 
yeah, that's that's literally how I felt, to be honest. I, I was so disillusioned. You could even see we did a few live streams like during that period, trying to like put pressure on on the clubs to like get rid of the Super League and whatnot. But we were so disillusioned with with football at that time, like with how where it was going. Like, did we even care about the end of the season? What was top four meaning at that point? Like, mm. I don't, don't, like no one knew anything. And um, yeah, I, honestly, I was very disillusioned with where football was heading. And like, I yeah, as I was completely what you say, Chris. Like, I didn't want to support Tottenham at that point over those two days because it's not just supporting a club that I love. Like, how can I support what they're doing? How can mm -hmm. I support that? I can't. How with good conscience, it would be a betrayal to what yeah. I've to what I've grown up with. So, like that, I, yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and you know, the, the one thing we've always had over Arsenal is that they're a franchise club that, that moves <laughs> for, for money and losing the moral high ground would have been a tough one to take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, look, it was an absolute disgrace what they tried to do and, and people should never forget it. They should never, ever, ever forget it. I completely agree. And they never apologised and it took them ages no, to well, apologise. Yeah, it took them and, ages. And, and, and then like when it month. did come, it was... Yeah. It was no personal, yeah, yeah, nothing from Levy. No, why, why can't, why does Levy find it so hard to just, you know, apologize in a letter or something? He can't even put his name to it. Like that was, that was also something that clearly, I don't think they don't, I don't think they feel like they did anything wrong. To be honest, they just no. bowed to the pressure. I agree. He's a, he's mm -hmm. a very, very clever man, uh, mm -hmm. but he's also a very, very stubborn man. Yeah, <laughs> correct. That's very really true. Refuses to accept his mistakes. Yeah, um, and and until he does, I don't think we're going to progress with with him at the helm. If I'm completely honest. I um, let's talk a little bit about the season that's just been. Oh, um, oh, I'm God. really keen to hear your thoughts in a couple. You yeah, want to cheer us up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> dragging through it. Um, <laughs> I, I just listened um, before we recorded to your uh, and watched your um, your player ratings for the season video, which I thought was really good. And I think a lot of our thoughts on players kind of aligned. Um, we had a bit of a chat before, and there's a couple of exceptions, but on the whole, I, I'm I'm with you of the majority of your ratings. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I, I think this is where we do differ. What would your rating have been for Jose? Oh, I think we did mention it in yeah, the end, maybe briefly, end. but I think, I, think, gave him a four. I think we gave him a four. Um, okay, at the end. okay. <laughs> yeah, because I think at the end of the day, obviously the rails did fall off uh, for, for Jose in our season. And how, and I think at the end of the day, the way he was approaching games and, uh, and the way, especially how we were finishing games was, I mean, he never loved from his mistakes. And that was one of the biggest issues for me. But um, I'm also one that's too stubborn. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's very stubborn. We can see that for the season. Although I did feel like at certain points he'd made he did make concerted changes to the team to try and try different things but unfortunately in, in the in the way he was playing he was definitely too stubborn but um but it was like like one bad performance for a player and they're outcasted for for seven games or something it's yeah just, it was so it was a bit i think second yeah at the end of the at the end of his tenure it was a bit like that i don't feel I've, i feel like people gloss over a lot of, of the early parts and i don't think it was like that the whole time but i was look when jose was appointed i didn't personally i didn't want potch sacked and me and my brother both didn't want potch sacked we were massive fans of potch we felt like he deserved the rebuild we felt like he deserved the chance to rebuild this team that he had built and yes obviously the last year had gone wrong despite even getting to a Champions League final um it had gone wrong for him but we didn't think he um I think he does he had earned more time as the job he had done he definitely earned more time to to see out even if he was to have a bad season I think he had earned the right to have a bad season and, and then try and push on again but once we had once we took the decision to sack Pochettino I'm my choice was 
Mourinho. He was my he was the choice I had in my mind as soon as we sacked Poch because I thought he was the way. The only thing we're missing as a team was that trophy. That's what we wanted, and I didn't think there was any point going for another rebuild manager just after having after having Pochettino, where we were just gone through five years of rebuild, culminating and not still not winning anything. Um, I was just I think we were all at that time desperate for the trophy. And I was willing to, to go through whatever it was, whatever shit football was going to be played, whatever whatever like uh, I was willing to do the deal with the devil at the time to, to get that trophy basically um because uh, which i thought he would bring us ultimately I, I you know when the season started this season i really thought it was going to happen i thought we started so well i thought I, I thought it was all coming into place but unfortunately once the wheels fell off as it does with jose it fell off very very quickly and unfortunately um i was wrong at the end of it, i have to admit i was wrong to to, to have wanted Mourinho, but um i still think that um you know with the right purchases in the summer, things could have been different. But I backed Mourinho to the hill. I, I was on the Mourinho train, but unfortunately, uh, the train didn't leave the station. Yeah, I mean, I was I was the opposite to my brother uh, when when Poch got sacked. I mean, we were both on the same page in terms of wanting Poch to stay and he deserved the rebuild and what have you. But I was completely against the Jose Mourinho uh, hiring at the time. Um, I thought he was a dinosaur. I was I thought he would fall out with a lot of players. I thought the style of football Football didn't suit us um, and I thought I thought it just wouldn't work out I didn't think he was suited for Tottenham but having said that as soon as he got the job I quickly jumped on that bandwagon I quickly just picked out all the positive things that my brother was saying and kind of ran with it and I, I kind of bought into it very quickly and now looking back on it I kind of regret buying into it so quickly because uh, my original fears I think were kind of spot on. That's really interesting. You, you allowed your heart to take over, yeah, basically. Um, but but you're a football fan. You're allowed to do that. We're allowed yeah. to. We're allowed to believe. I, I think. I, I think. I, I. I wished I was. I was a bit more heart over head last year because it ended up being the most miserable season in my Spurs fandom. Mm-hmm. I, I really did not like it one bit. I, I couldn't. I mean, you, you said it all. Sim. We got. We got the shit football. We didn't get the trophy. And, and yeah. sitting through that shit football to end up with nothing is very frustrating. I mean, the, the trophy is finishing above Arsenal essentially isn't it that's, that's all we've got to take from the season it is but like the way i look at it finishing above arsenal and using that as a trophy it's just it's so five years ago you know what yeah I mean? like, it is isn't it? like I, I, it's like we've yeah. gone back five years literally like mm-hmm. being above arsenal now is a given for me it should be a given <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that's what it has been the last five years for me mm-hmm. uh what success would have looked like this year is winning a trophy and getting in that top four i mean arsenal should never have been in the conversation especially with the season they had yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you mentioned the rebuild. Uh, Ishak says, how long will this painful rebuild take? What do you think, Sim? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. I think I think it's going to be a, a couple of years at least because I think, we need, again, we need so whoever comes in this... I mean, Sop and yeah, who's going to be in charge next season. But I think that whoever comes in next season is probably going to need a one-trans window. And I, probably, I, I even don't think that the summer window is even going to be a good window for us in terms of mo- how much money we're going to be able to spend and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so... I mean, at the moment... Cut, while I'm being asked this question I don't know the future of Kane I don't know the future of Bale I don't know who's (laughs) going to be managing us next season so it's hard to really know where things stand coming into next season but 
and I think naturally it's at least two years at least because say we are my choice for manager anyway is Graham Potter and if, if we get Graham Potter in I think it's going to take at least one season for the for the players to get acclimatised to how he likes to play and everything then it's going to take another another window for him to get the players he wants and to judge his squad and who he wants out who he wants in so and then probably then probably oh, and probably another season probably after that so I'm thinking two years at least uh, for, for this rebuild where we're at at the moment yeah I mean I completely agree I mean look if only we listened to Pochettino when he told us all of our problems yeah if only then we could be one of the one of the strongest teams in England right now we really could be but ultimately we are where we are and I think yeah I, mean, I think my brother's right two three years I think it's going to take us to back back to where we were the one if, thing we, that, if we the, can ever get there that is <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the, the one thing that makes me think um we don't need to worry too much is I mean, it's kind of what you said before ben it's the fact that you know we're an established big team now we've got the we've got the revenue we've got the income mm. coming in that means we shouldn't need to drop out of the top six seven clubs um and, and i do think we've got so much quality within the squad untapped potential you mentioned it in your mm. video raising some of the players um there, there, there are some quality players there who just need a bit of coaching to get it out of them um, and, I, and I think Potter's the man for me as well to, to do that. I think there are other coaches as well. I think Ten Hag could, could do that as well. Um, and that makes me positive even up next season. I don't think we'll have an outstanding year next year, but I think we I think we can finish in the Champions League with the right coach. Um, particularly, well, it kind of hinges on this, if we can keep Harry Kane. And I wanted to ask you, um, so Elliot Cornish-Sheesby said... With the disconnect felt between the club and the fans of late, has the interview of Kane also turned the tide for you in terms of your connection with him? So I don't know who wants to go first. No, no, no. How do you feel about Kane? Not at all. I love the man to bits. I mean, he it, he is basically saying what all Spurs fans are thinking. Let's let's get it right here. He the club cannot match his ambitions. And yes, no one pick one player is bigger than the club. But he is saying the right things. Yes, I know he's kind of he's twerking himself out to Man City a bit. Uh, let, let's be honest. He is doing that. More than, but, more than a bit then. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I know that. But let, let's be honest here. Yeah. The club. If the club were going in the right direction, he would be. He would want to stay here. That's the that's the ultimate facts of the matter. Mm. So you got to blame the hierarchy of the club uh, that have made Kane disillusioned, and and it's not just Kane that's disillusioned here. Half the fan base, if not the majority of the fan base, are disillusioned as well. So I don't blame Kane one second uh, for being disillusioned at Spurs. He deserves a lot better than the than the pile of shit he has around him. And and ultimately, I agree with the majority of what Kane has been saying. If anything is going to put pressure on the board, it's going to be stuff like that. So yeah. Kane publicly saying his opinion. Opinions, and I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. He's given his his blood and sweat and and, and, for, for, and his soul pretty much for the past six years at Tottenham. He absolutely loves the club. He's given everything for us, and he's been uh, pretty much performing at the top level season in, season out. And it's now look. It was one thing if we were consistent, like consistently getting top four, and we were in top four this season. Then he said, "Look, even though we're in top four, I think I've got I can be better." Look, we've been two seasons now outside Champions League. We've dropped out the top six this season I mean a player of Kane's ability that's simply not where he wants to be and it's completely understandable and I, I don't get and understand any fan who thinks he's disrespecting um, the club by saying obviously we've disrespected him but I think we haven't look, matched his ambitions that's look, the truth I, I do get I do get it on a certain level where the timing of the interview um, you know just before the end of the season I get that um, and maybe it should have come out after the season had finished um, but ultimately I don't think we can match his ambition and when you're looking 
looking at his age, 27 years of age, uh, going on to 28. Um, he's got, we're, we're going for a rebuild that might take two to three years. And even at the end of that two to three years, there's no guarantees, let's be honest. So he can be 31, 32 years old and still be in the Europa League or even in the Europa Conference League. And that... For a player of his quality, that's just not where he should be. Look, Kane's done his part, hasn't he? Kane has done his part. You, we can't ask any more from Harry Kane. And if he wants to play Champions League football, then you know what? Good good luck to him because... Uh, he we, shouldn't be just we shouldn't playing be. Champions League football. He should be winning the Champions League and exactly. he should be winning the Premier League regularly. Exactly. Nicely said. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with the timing, I must admit. I, yeah. I thought it was it was uncomfortable for me personally. Um, in the same way that Daniel Levy charging sixty pounds for that Aston Villa game, mm. I thought was outrageous. I thought Kane's timing was pretty outrageous as well. But having said that, I understand his sentiment and I understand how football works. And this is for me, it's the first stage in a in a process now, which is the Harry Kane exit strategy. He's decided he's waited long enough. He needs to move on for the good of his career. And sadly, I think that's the the first step of a. a series of steps across the summer with a view to him leaving now whether Daniel Levy allows that to happen is another matter because he mm. still holds a lot of cards in this yeah. scenario uh, he's tied down to a long contract and it's up to him it's essentially up to him whether he wants to sell and it depends what we're offered and uh, I, I guess we, we wait and see now. It's going to be a bit of a strange summer. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely believe that if, if he if he doesn't get offered the money he wants in like excess of like 130 million or, or something like that, I don't think he'll sell. Um, he doesn't need to sell. He's got three years left in his contract. Um, if he wants to sell for like 100 million, uh, between 80 and 110 million, let's say around that ballpark figure, he can go next summer. So I don't I don't get why we would sell for that that price this summer. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah completely agree. Um, I, I like this question from Ali Jameson. He says, "In ten or so years' time, who from this era's biography are you most looking forward to reading?" Ooh, <laughs> ooh, Danny Rose maybe. Danny Rose. <laughs> Danny Rose. Um, yeah, because he'll definitely be out. Danny Rose will sure. talk a lot about <laughs> the board. I tell you exactly. Yeah. I think. Look, everyone wouldn't mind Mourinho's time with Spurs. I'd like yeah. to hear what his thoughts and things. Maybe Pochettino and Pochettino. Yeah, the, the men in charge. I like to hear I what they felt like, say. I, I sort of felt like All or Nothing was Mourinho's autobiography in a way. It seems yeah. to be entirely from his perspective and uh, a bit of a yeah. Well, but not 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 when the th well, not when the wheels really started to come off last night. Or yeah, last we, when we saw that the real part. thing. Yeah, we didn't miss that part. It was still kind of uh, going. It wasn't. I wouldn't say swimmingly during that uh, um, documentary, but it was. Uh, yeah, but well, not bad enough. Tottenham put out what they wanted us to see. Definitely. You know what I mean, there are definitely stuff that happened during the time of that documentary that wasn't put out and that what they didn't want us to see what was actually going on yeah what about um joe hart's uh, biography just sort of documenting the indoor cricket they're playing across the season oh yeah i wonder how many boundaries be a got, riveting yeah. read absolutely <laughs> riveting I, I would genuinely buy that boys it's been such a pleasure to sort of chat and get to know you both a bit and and get the inside track on your channel we really appreciate it um where Thank can you. people go if they want to hear more from you and and what what's the future got in store well, uh, we don't really know, to be honest. I mean, next season, uh, we're going to be back in stadiums. We're going to be still doing the studio-based stuff as well. I mean, our aim is just to keep growing and just to keep adding new bits of content and just to keep uh, keep people interested at the end of the day and keep the community that I'm so proud of what we've built um, to keep growing and growing and growing. Um, I think that's kind of our aims in the future. Um, in terms of where people can find us, we're across all platforms. Maybe so very soon we might be on Twitch as well, uh, but we're on YouTube. YouTube, 
uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under the name We Are Tottenham TV. So that's exactly where you can find us. Yeah, and also over the Euros, important to know over the Euros, yeah. we're all going to keep up our content. We're going to be doing like watch alongs for England games and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be supporting the Barmy Army through the Euros, hopefully. Oh, well, not many Spurs representatives, unfortunately, this time, but hopefully England will have a good Euros. And um, yeah, we're just going to keep uh, doing what we're doing going into next season and see how far we can get. But pretty to much. be honest, I think Southgate did us a favour not picking Dyer. I don't have to. Mm. Don't have to watch Dyer <laughs> for another four weeks. <laughs> we don't have to defend Derek Dyer with our yeah, honestly, group. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to defend Derek Dyer's defending. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, boys. Seriously, it's such a such a pleasure to talk to you. And honestly, keep up the good work. It's it's high quality stuff you're putting out there. And I think the the, the thing that that makes me enjoy it is it's got heart to it um the videos with your granddad are just really really sweet um and there's a there's a real sense of a soul there and i think that's the difference between you and arsenal fan tv that is soulless and and your channel certainly is not uh, thank you I very much Chris, that, Chris. And, uh, it's really been a pleasure coming on uh, your podcast as well really enjoyed it you've been listening to the extra inch thanks to nathan a clark for production thanks to bardi for being italian thanks to adam gardner for the artwork Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.